Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and we have a tremendous podcast today. I'm fired up about this topic. I happen to be here with my teammate, co-host, and watch this. An Ozark pumpkin farming champion. It's Joe White. Ooh. Ooh. Do I remember the days of the big fat pumpkins? Yeah, okay. Out there under the K2 zip line, we used to have a one pumpkin patch, 400 square feet of ground, vines everywhere feeding one big fat pumpkin. That's right. And one year we grew this magnificent pumpkin. And just before we harvested it, Shay, a raccoon came and ate my pumpkin. <laughs> Hammered it. <laughs> One of the biggest disappointments in my life. I, I'll give you the other side of this. I witnessed years worth of attempts, and it seemed to me that everything was going great until it wasn't. You know, I mean, pumpkins are delicious, apparently, for critters out there. Deer love pumpkins. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, but so they're they're almost like the chicken of the uh, the vegetable and fruit world. They just everything eats them. <laughs> so I I still get a kick out. I think we need to bring that back, Coach. Let's grow a pumpkin this summer. What are camp directors doing growing pumpkins under yeah, the zip line? It's just extra time. Joe would be out there. You know, there'd be one thousand details to take care of, and he's out there hoeing around his pumpkin, taking care of his baby. Good memories. As you guys know, we are starting a new series. This is episode number two of the Next Generation Leader series. We're taking it from 1 Timothy 4.12, which says this, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. And today specifically, we're talking about filling the gaps. And I cannot wait to get into this conversation um, because it's just a tremendous aspect of leadership. Joe, you got a couple special guests in the house to talk about filling the gaps. Who are they? Oh, my goodness. Do we ever, Shay? One of the most exciting things for me as an old guy is seeing these young, full-time, year-round directors coming to our uh, Canacook family. And we have two of our young, upcoming, stellar leaders with us today. Kara Williams. Everybody loves Kara. She hails from Chickasha, Oklahoma, probably per capita one of the most uh, influential Kanakuk towns in America. There's been so many greats come out of Chickasha over the years. Uh, she was an eight-year camper, uh, served on K-West staff when she was in college, did her college years studying hard, but also was on the Oklahoma State University competitive cheerleading team. They were top three in the country. She was a tumbler herself and did a lot of spectacular feats in the sky, as these competitive cheerleading teams do. Besides running a Disney marathon in her lifetime, Shay, Kara is one of our campout directors, and boy, are they doing a great job taking these giant towers on trailers all over America and doing camps in church parking lots and community parks and things like that, where hundreds of young kids get a little taste of Kanakuk out there, riding our portable zip lines, our portable inflatables, and learn how to study their Bibles. Uh, so she's one of the she's one of the best. And then Phil Smith, a Florida State Seminole, 
did K-Life in Stillwater for several years before he came to us. He is from Niceville, Florida. Nice guy from Niceville. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> and believe it or not, as a member of our director team, he also is an ER nurse. And so he does a little time over in the ER just to keep his nursing practice lively. And the rest of his time, he works with us. Yeah, there's, there's no telling how valuable that skill set is around Truly. No doubt about it. Joe, I'd also like to add that Kara Williams happens to have one of the greatest laughs that you'll ever hear, and her sneezes even better. <laughs> She's got a sneeze that's absolutely electric. It electrifies the audience. I, hopefully, hopefully we can let one loose. You can sneeze here in in uh, studio, and I'll make sure that Essie does not edit that out. Only time will tell. That's right. So good. Well, guys, we're thrilled to have you here. Say hello to the people. Yeah, uh, Shay, Joe, just excited to be here and humbled just to get chosen to come on here and talk about filling in the gaps. My name's Phil, so I don't know if that maybe spurred you on for Phil filling in the gaps, but that's right. Don't know if that helped with anything. It wasn't by accident. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to be here and thankful to be in the same room with y'all. Right on. Well, Joe, I'm going to have you set this up. I got a question for you. I want you to talk about. The magnitude of details, watch this, the magnitude of details that must come together when hiring 2,500 college students, hosting 20,000 campers a summer, how valuable are leaders who fill the gaps? Shay, needless to say, is a daunting task that only God could do. We've had like 50,000 staff over the years, and to find men and women on the college campuses who are willing and able in all of our imperfections by the grace of God to step into the role to fill in the gaps for America's and the world's kids who come to us. The gaps that kids bring to camp every year are many. We get a chance to do the best we can with the grace of God to fill in the broken home gaps that kids bring to us. The echo gaps, if you will, Shay, of voices in their past, coaches sometimes, teachers sometimes, parents sometimes, who've spoken critically and harshly to the kids and leave echoes in their lives that need to be filled in with positivity and encouragement. The no father gaps, the broken home gaps, the poor friend choice gaps in kids' lives, and then universally what I call the iPhone gap captivity, where kids have been lured in by our culture to live in and off of their iPhone world. And oh, the gaps that that new world that kids grew up in leave in their lives for ability to comprehend, to converse with others, to think clearly for themselves, to have moral truths in their lives. And that's the job, the daunting job that we have every summer to, as we hire these men and women to come serve on our camp staff. Phil, as Joe so aptly put that, I mean, there's all kinds of gaps, right? There's real practical things like a toilet needs plunged or garbage needs picked up. And then there's, there's heart gaps that are mass, you know, massively significant. Well, I've watched you at K7. I've seen you in action and you are a gap filler. And I'm curious, 
you know, over the years, as you look back on kind of your leadership growth, was there a moment where you like first noticed the opportunity to step up and fill a gap? Like when did your eyes recognize those kind of opportunities and then you begin to fill them? Yeah, Shay, and I think growing up in college, became a believer back in 2014. And for a long time, just growing up, seeing the business world and all those different things you would think of as a leader, as someone who would cast vision, tell people what to do. Those people would get it done for them and started following the Lord back in 2014, worked at camp that next summer over at K7. And immediately stepping on those gates, I saw the leadership team and the directors had give this vision of raking lease and how we're doing all these different work projects. And very quickly, right after that, I was expecting the directors, the leadership team to kind of go do their own thing, have bigger things to worry about, which of course they do. But all of a sudden I got Chad Hamps, you know, grabbing a rake alongside and helping clean. I'm getting Keith, who's driving a trailer truck, taking out the trash. Um, they're in the dining hall, sweeping, cleaning, doing the dishes. And I saw really quickly that my idea of leadership and even just filling in the gaps wasn't necessarily biblically accurate. And you just start reading the gospels that summer just started looking at the life of Christ. And he had his ultimate thing he was doing for us was coming to, to die for our sins. Um, but he didn't let that distract him from meeting simple needs from people, whether it's feeding uh, the hungry, uh, serving people, and necessarily even people who were deemed unlovable. Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, he would fill in those gaps and he didn't let the overall big mission of him coming to die in our place. He still remembered to go in and fill the gaps of small details and uh, kept his vision still lined up with that. Mm. Kara, how about you? I don't think there was ever an aha moment for me. Um, honestly, mine just came from growing up. My Nana taught my mom that we always see a need and meet a need. And that is what my parents instilled in us. And so I think from a young age, my parents taught us to have those eyes in every situation of we're going to see a need and meet a need. And that might be a physical, it might be an emotional need, whatever it might be. We are there to serve others in that capacity. And right, Jesus is the ultimate gap filler and we are to imitate Christ. And so being able to realize it's not about me in any situation and having those eyes of, okay, what am I here for? How can I play a part even in the smallest things to the biggest of things? You know, I, I'm thinking of the bridge illustration right now. The, I mean, you said the ultimate gap filler, Phil. I mean, what an awesome thought process to think that like wherever there is lack like Jesus overcame it all, did he not? And so as the body of Christ, that's what we do is we look for opportunities to fill in the gap and to fill in the void in people's lives. That literally just dawned on me. Joe, again, being a longtime camp director, tell us how you feel like as a manager, when you're out there during staff training and you see these kinds of leaders seeing needs and filling needs, how do you feel about them? Yeah, Shay, it's just marvelous uh, as you and the other director teams, uh, Shay, bring on these 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds, but they've never been asked to step in as a leader. And all of a sudden, a 19-year-old becomes a 25-year-old. And it's through the modeling, Shay, honestly, not to embarrass you, of, of great leaders like yourself and Ward Weeby and Colin Sparks and our others to teach these men to be an innovator like Jesus was. And care, I've never heard it put better, but Jesus was a man who saw a need and met a need, whatever it was, woman at the well, woman caught in the act of adultery, a, you know, a young girl who was hemorrhaging or whatever it was, he would stop 
what he was doing, and he would see a need, he would step up and meet a need. And Shay, it is wonderful to see 2,000 or some years as many as 2,500 young staff members learn how to do that in their lives. Folks, it's like around here, it's like walking into a spring garden of daylilies and watching them open and bloom just all over the place all summer long as these young men and women get it. You just watch these little buds fill with potential, 19-year-old fill with potential. And then as they see you all leading the way you do, Shay, and watching them open like beautiful flowers around, and then watch the kids begin to open their little flower buds and see what it's like to stand in the gap, to see a need and fill a need. It keeps the most beautiful flower garden you can imagine. Kira, I love the story you told, and I didn't know your see need, fill a need roots went so deep, but... What's fascinating, a lot of people probably don't know this, that you're one of the best trainers that we have on our entire director team. And the number of staff that come through your hands and the amount of replication that you create, not just in our little, you know, Branson, Missouri, but literally all over the country, like satellite campuses that are influencing churches and communities. It's really powerful. I would love for you to speak into how do you train or develop an eye to see needs? That is a great question, one that doesn't happen overnight. I think first and foremost, as a leader, you have to be willing to lead by example in that. Um, Second, you have to communicate expectations with those that are working alongside you. And then third, you have to look for teachable moments um, to either, after something happens, to come back to your staff and walk alongside them in that moment of sharing with them hey, this is what we could have done different, or this is maybe what we should have done, or in the moments of having to step in while those moments are happening and using that as a teachable moment while serving alongside them. I think being able to take yourself out of the equation and truly look at it through the eyes of an overview and um, overseer and being able like, okay, are we headed in the right direction? What are things that need to be done to get us to the end goal. Um, That is my train of thought of all times of, okay, I know where we need to finish. What do we need to do from A to Z to make that happen? I told you she was one of our best trainers. (laughs) You had a three points ready there, (laughs) pulls them right out of her pocket. That's not your first rodeo, (laughs) is it? No, but I'm still learning. Yeah, no, I mean, that was really concisely put. Hey listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now back to the show. Phil, personalize it. How, how do you grow in it personally? So if you're going to coach you know, me up, like how do I look in the mirror and grow in the discipline of seeing opportunities to be a blessing? Yeah, uh, Shay, good question. And 
Um, I just go back to the K-Life world, something big that um, we would say with our leaders um, and everything was your best discipleship tool is your personal intimacy with the Lord. And I think that can go for really anything filling in the blank. There is your greatest tool to have eyes to see um, and fill a need and fill a gap is your personal intimacy with the Lord. And um, I don't know if any of you guys are, are like me, but on my own in my flesh, I can't do so with a pure heart and pure motives filling in the gaps. And so it's in the morning, uh, waking up and knowing, hey, like, Lord, in myself, I'm I'm not going to know how to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this from a pure motive, pure heart. I might try to do it for the glory of myself. And so knowing that I need a divine intervention, the Holy Spirit's working in my life daily to do so, because me, serving and, and helping people around me, that doesn't make me a follower of Christ. There are many people out there who don't know the Lord um, that do quote unquote good things around them. But the difference between um, us and, and people who do not follow the Lord is we do it for the glorification of Christ and not ourselves. So that's the first thing. And then second um, is just asking the person above you in leadership, hey, what do you see? Let me just follow you around on, on a day on the job mm-hmm. and just say, hey, what what do you see? What are your eyes seeing? And I just remember walking around camp and just saying like, hey, Keith, what do you see here? Chad, what are you seeing here? And having an eye for that. Because one, you need that end of seat the Lord, but two, you do have to be trained in those things and have to be able to develop those things. Um, and I think asking the person above you in your leadership what they look for and even to follow them around for an hour or two for the day and to see what they see. That's brilliant. We call them director's eyes, you know, in my circle of influence. And we're trying to pass that on to teach them to have director's eyes. Joe, I'm going to bat one back to you. This is a great question. How do you discern the right time to step in and fill a need versus overstepping your boundaries? So think about a young, zealous leader who is underneath a leader sees opportunities. How do you know when the right time to step in or or to hold back would be? How do you discern that? Say for all aspiring parents and aspiring young leaders that are listening, you know, we call it earning the right to be heard. We also talk about people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. But as a parent answering your question, or as a business leader or ministry leader answering your question, We have a five-to-one principle, and the five-to-one principle is that if you'll encourage someone who you're leading five times for every one time, you need to step in and to give that what we call around here a sharpening tool. Our young basketball players talk about our basketball coach. They say he always coaches us up. And so even though a leader does need to step in, when you see something that needs to be sharpened, and sometimes it needs to be immediate, and sometimes you can wait till the end of the day. But as a leader, when you see an area of a person you're leading need to be sharpened, need to be coached, one, make sure you've earned the right to be heard. That person knows you care about them because you're busy building that child you're raising up. You're busy coaching up that young employee that's working for you. And so they know when you do step in and say, hey, I need to point something out to you. And it may be this needs to be changed immediately. You know how much I love you. You know how much I believe in you. You know how much I want to see the best out of you. But to become the best you want to be as a leader, a future father, a a husband, a leader of a company, this has got to change right now. I I like the way you put that. And, you know, filling gaps is a good way to lead up. A lot of time, 
a lot of times young leaders are ambitious and they're hungry to lead. And and again, leading up can be done in small and subtle ways by doing the things that other people don't want to do. Or perhaps, you know, I think one of the, coming from my corporate experience, pretty much everybody just took care of their own job description, right? So if you fulfilled your job description and you did all of it, it's all good, you know, dust your hands off and, and go home. The thing that's different at camp is when we complete our job description, you took to, look to your left and your right and say, who can I go help out? And that's what creates a synergistic, excellent organization. And I think what's really uh, fascinating is that you have to create that culture, so I'm going to come back to Kara, and you've, I think you've already teased this, but I want you to go a little bit deeper. How do you develop a culture that values, encourages, and empowers gap fillers? I think from my little experience I've had, I would say I would circle back to the why. Why are we here? Um, and I can speak from a personal experience. It's from the ultimate gap filler, which is Jesus Christ. Um, and with that, that should motivate us as to everything we do. Um, I've, I already said this earlier, but recognizing it's not about us um, and everything we get to do from then on when we have one, the eternal perspective, but two, looking at others of like, how can I help them out or what can I do to set them up for success? It sets us up for success because then we are going to be seeing the things in a different light, being able to see the needs that are out there to be able to fulfill those needs or being able to come alongside somebody while they need help doing something. Like Shay said, looking to the left or right, it's not about just sticking in your lane and getting it done. It's coming alongside each other, which ultimately is the body of Christ. So knowing your why, being able to set the tone for that and always being able to come back to that when we lose sight of it is eternal perspective wrapped around Jesus Christ and him alone. Phil, a lot of times when a young leader leads up by filling gaps, they're really putting the shine on the leader in front of them, right? So they're making their leader look like a million bucks. Well, why would you do that? Because the world tells you, you do what you can do to get yourself ahead. And oh, by the way, if the person in front of you isn't doing a great job, let them drown. And that represents an opportunity for you. Well, in God's economy, it's totally different. Why would you bother making somebody else look good? Looking back on just Jesus's life, he says he's come to do the will of the Father. And uh, Jesus humbled himself before the will of the Father and to appoint a death on the cross for us and um, and even just serving others around him. And I think ultimately um, we're called to, we're examples of Christ and we're called to emulate him um, and all that we do and all that we say. So if he was willing to submit to authority, we are called to do the exact same um, in our lives. So just letting our leaders know it's not just our leaders, I'm being K-Life perspective, but even staff or, or anything, letting them know, hey, this is what Christ did. And we are imitators of Christ. We're image bearers of him. And we're supposed to live according as best of a lifestyle we can to his. And if he did it, then, then we're supposed to do it and be obedient to it and be joyful in it. I mean, that's beautifully said. There are heavenly blessings that either they come in this life or the next, but they're coming when we lead up. But there's actually, there's worldly practical benefits of leading this way. And I'm going to hit it back over to Joe. Joe, number one, how rare are these kinds of leaders, the kinds that are that are gap fillers? And then also, 
professionally, what happens to gap fillers within organizations over time? Yes, Shay, great question. So the encouraging thing for aspiring leaders that are listening, parents that are listening, is that gap fillers, true Christ-like gap fillers, are exceedingly rare. The great thing about that is developing kids who will shine amongst their peers as gap-filling leaders to shine in your company as a gap-filling, Christ-emulating leader. It's not that difficult to stand out. And so as you take some of the great tips that have been pointed out in this podcast and excel still more, as Paul said to the Thessalonians, in being one of those few who steps out to look for gaps, look for places in your co-worker's life or in the company that you're serving in his life, and step in, as Kara said, to see the need and fill a need, you will be amazed at how rewarded your life will be as a parent, as a leader, as a pastor, as you, as you seek to become one of those rare people who steps in to fill the gaps. Your life will shine to God be the glory. Your kids will shine to God be the glory. And however God calls you to serve will shine to God be the glory. I love what Steph Curry says. The gap filler of the NBA who represents Christ every time he brings the ball down the court. He says it doesn't matter where you're from or what you have or don't have. He said all that matters is that you have faith in God, an undying passion to accomplish whatever you've been called to do, and a relentless devotion, gap fillers, to do whatever it takes to succeed in that which God has called you to do. Joe, as I think about the the most healthy version of a gap-filling culture, I believe that there has to be humility coming both directions. Here's what I mean by that. So from coming from the bottom up as a, as a young leader and you fill gaps, oftentimes it makes your boss or the or the organization shine and it and it you find yourself doing things that you're not necessarily getting paid for or getting credit for or getting glory for. So there's humility going up. Well, a lot of times this type of environment is squelched by insecure leadership who doesn't want to give away the authority to make decisions and to step up and lead. And in that direction Pride can stifle the entire organization. But if you have pride coming from, or excuse me, if you have humility coming from the top down into those leaders, empowering them and training them to step up and lead and giving them the skills and, and the freedom to lead in that way, that's the way that an organization achieves its maximum capacity, its maximum impact. When there's a gap filling culture that's going both up and down, and oh by the way, that's a really fun organization to be a part of. That's that's being a part of something that is special, absolutely world changing. Couldn't say it better, buddy. Joe, I'm going to hand it off to you. Uh, give our audience a, a closing exhortation. I'll show you. This is this is so fun, and Karen Field, so fun to do this with y'all. Uh, but in Ezekiel twenty two thirty, you'll recall how God was looking for one man. He was looking for one woman. 
as he said, to stand in the gap because there was a breach in the wall of his dear people, the Jewish population, the Israelis, the Hebrews, but he couldn't find one. And then in Psalms 106, verse 23, as the uh, Hebrew nation was building the golden calf, and, and the psalmist says God said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stand in the gap before him and to keep God's wrath from destroying them. So he found one. He found Moses. And, and he saved the nation because one guy stood in the gap. And this should be an encouragement to every young aspiring leader, whether you're in grade school or high school or middle school, junior high or college or as a, as a parent, that one man, God's still looking for one man to stand in the gap for your roommate because there's a breach in his wall, for your mom because something has happened or there's a breach in her wall, for your team, team players, because there's a breach in the wall of that team. Maybe it's a weakness of the coach or someone on the team is hurting. For your sibling, for your little sis, for your big brother, uh, and then for the starving in this world, to think about how can you fill in the gap for, for our brothers and sisters, for example, in Ukraine or in Haiti or in the third world. How can you do something to stand in the gap? And so as you pray, at night, hopefully regularly, Lord, show me how to stand in the gap where you have me in this life. God, show me how to stand in the gap. I'm just an assistant manager. I'm just the, the least of all my brothers. I'm just a freshman in college. Lord, show me where I can stand in the gap. And then watch, as Kara said, Jesus, the ultimate gap filler, as he took his right hand, and with everything he had, he reached out and found that holy God in his right hand with nails in his wrist. And with his left hand nailed across, he reached out and he grabbed hold of sinful people like me and you. And he stood in the gap, holding the holiness of God in one hand and the sinfulness of man the other. And he reached out his arms with every breath that was in his body, and he closed the gap. So that by the grace of God, we could spend eternal life in spite of our failures with God in the heavenly places. That, Christian believers, is our job, to reach and suffer and sacrifice and to stand in the gap for those around us. As the Scripture says, so God can reward those who diligently seek Him with all their heart. Joe, thank you for that encouragement. Phil and Kara, great job. We're so thankful to be on a team with you. And uh, we want to thank our listeners. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, we would love to pray with you. Father, we come to you today and just thank you for an inspirational conversation. And truly, it goes back to the gospel. I mean, just the gospel has been weaved in throughout this conversation, Lord, more than I expected. We thank you, Lord, for filling the gap on our behalf. And I pray that you would help us to turn around and fill the gaps in the lives of others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, 
please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.